Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Welcome to Financially Speaking, everybody. My name is Cook. I am your guest host for the show today. And we are talking about securing our financial future education. So do you have the education to secure your financial future? Do you have the financial freedom to obtain education? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. So let's get the financial future that you desire through the education that you want. So you or your child got into college, but that acceptance letter did not mention any kind of scholarship. So now what? The good news is that most students receive some financial help paying for college. So this that brings down the cost of what that would be, whether it's college or university. So we can get some financing, some help, some, uh, some loans, or we can end up getting bursaries, we can get OSAP, grant, work study scholarships. There's a lot of subsidies out there that we can look at, and we're going to talk about a lot of things. Um, as a person myself, who I don't know why, I hated school when I was in it, when you had to go, you know, high school. It's not that I didn't like high school, I did, but I just hated going to school, right, class. And when it came to the point where you go to college or university and it's optional, first time around, not so well. I didn't pay for it. Parents did, eh, right out of school. But after that, I loved it. And I loved college. I love university. I love learning. So, and of course, as the years go by, I mean, I didn't do it the right start right after high school. I kind of did a little bit, took time off and work, changed careers, did it again, changed careers, did it again. So just to give you an idea of how I kind of did it, if you're like me um, or even starting out, do you have the money to work? Do you go full-time, part-time, sometime? Do you do it online, distance ed? Do you go to college? Do you go to university? How do you pay for it? And if you have a home, how do you for that take care of your family, whether that family consists of children or adults you're taking care of, your parent, your grandparent? or your dogs, your cats, whatever you have in your home. So not only do you have the, the, the drive to go back to school, now you have to figure out a way for that. So there is some help out there. So I, of course, after school, went to the, didn't quite know what I was doing at that point, so that didn't really go anywhere. Uh, and then went back to school, college, uh, took the PSW program, that for a while, Decided to further that career, then became a registered practical. I did that while I worked as a PSW. So I suppose I could have gone stop doing the BSCN, which I did get into, but turned down to do a master's. But um, I ended up working and going to school because I could. I had a house. I had dogs. I certainly couldn't go to school full time, but it's expected of you to be there for every class all the time, a certain percentage, or you fail. So I spoke to the instructors. I told them my situation, that I couldn't be there five days a week. I had to work. I tried working nights and going to school. That lasted about a month, and I thought, I can't do this. I worked every weekend. I worked short shifts. They called me. I'd work them. So, but I did have to take some time off to work some long shifts, so I might have once a week. So I would look at the schedule. I would talk to the instructors. I would tell them that I had to work one extra day a week. And what is the best day for me to miss so that I wasn't missing any clinicals, any procedures, anything that was really important that I couldn't study on my own. And I did that through the, the practical nursing program and successfully maintained the household, family, and the schooling. Then I decided that wasn't enough. So I went into the Bachelor of Science in Nursing at university. I actually went over and spoke to them, and I got second year because of what I had in my background. I also uh, got into another university doing a distance ed course to get my master's of education. I decided to go with that route. By this time, I was teaching. So I thought that might be the better route to do. 
And I'd also had a workplace injury, so I knew the practical part wasn't going to happen, but I wanted to further the teaching. So I went this route. Oh, forgot to get a Bachelor of Arts. So yes, I did go back to get that. Now, I ended up going full-time away from the home. So this is before I had the home and everything. So I kind of did it backwards. I did the PSW, Bachelor of Arts, then came home and thought, got my house and everything. So the RPN did that. Uh, And then I did the master, and it was either that or go to school. And I thought, at this point, I don't think I can afford off. And I decided to take the distance learning master of ed. So I did that working. And really, it's it's even harder because you have to self-dedicate. You have to make your schedule. You have to commit to that, and you have to actually do the work. Because you can do it whenever you want. You just have to hit the timeline. So it really is... um, being self-sacrificial to do that. I did that. And I've done whole little things in between that. And when I was at school, away from school doing my Bachelor of Arts, you know, money was tight. I left everything, everything I had to start over because I knew this would help me. And I found out about bursaries. Somebody uh, got one and said, you should apply. And I said, oh, I don't know if I would get one, blah, blah, blah. I applied and I got a bursary of the school. Like, I think it was $5,000. And they told me that hardly anybody applies and that I should apply every semester. And I did. And every semester, between 2500 and 5000 which would help me. So there is money out there, and we're going to talk some of that today. So I understand if you're sitting there going, there's no way I could do this. There are ways around, ways to learn. There's ways to get your education. You don't have to go full-time. You can work. And we're going to talk about so many today. It's going to blow your mind. Okay, so whether you're planning to study at university, college, a special trade, figuring out the financial side of paying for school and managing your fund while studying can definitely be a huge challenge. It's not just paying the tuition. The books are so expensive. Student fees, transportation, housing, right? So that's just a little bit of things that you're going to pay. And let's face it, you want to kind of hang out on the weekend, maybe have yourself a drink, go out for dinner, what to do. So then there's that money that you have to worry about as well. Because going to school is great, but you just can't sit in your dorm or your room or your apartment and just do nothing. So there's other, there's money that we need to survive. So for most people or most students, Personal savings is not going to be for these costs. Neither may your parents not have it either. I mean, didn't matter what I did after this time around. It was either OSAP or it was loans or it was bursaries. I didn't come straight out of school. I didn't have the scholarship. And when I started out, Internet wasn't even there. This, All of the stuff we're going to talk about today, it wasn't really an option for me. So we have it way better off today because so many financial uh educational systems and places that we can look at. So uh, student loans can be helpful, but again, they have to be paid back. So there's other ways that we can get money that we can keep. So if you have to be saving for your or your child's post-secondary education, you might consider opening an RESP, a Registered Education Savings Plan. So if you have a child who you know is going to go to college, university, and of course we want them to today and age, I mean, what do people say? What are you going to do without any education? I mean, we can do lots, and you could back in the day, but today, place wants you to have a certain diploma, a certain degree, and if we don't have it, it doesn't matter the knowledge and experience or background, you're not going to get the job. So if you're sitting in a job, and you want to work as a medical officer, you're working as one now, you don't have the education, you might be 50, 55, and you switch jobs, you would never be chosen no matter what your experience because you don't have that little diploma or degree that says, I'm a medical office assistant. So it's okay if you have the job you're at. Goodness forbid, place goes under, they close, you need a job, the education's going to get it. That's the way it is, unfortunately. So um, if you are if you have a child, you've had a child, your child is a baby, uh, a toddler, a tween, start the RESP. By the time they're ready to go to school, you're going to be able to take advantage of the government grants. And, of course, they're going to have the money that they're going to need. They're not going to have to fork over twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 right away that we might not have. And, I mean, when you come out of school today, you're in so much debt. The first five years, you're paying debt. So it's nice to be able to have grants in this RESP that we're putting money in every first, say, I don't know, 17, 18 years. 
So even without scholarships, because we don't all get them, there's lots of aid out there that can help tackle these costs of going to school. So financial aid or OSAP, and I'm in Ontario, Canada, so we have the Ontario um, Student Loans, uh, the OSAP program. So wherever you are, whether you're in the States or you're in whatever state or province you're in, you can certainly look at what your state or province offers you as far as financial assistance going to school. So the main thing I had at the time was OSAP. And they didn't give out grants when I was going. It was all loans, so it all had to be paid back. It was either, it was both, provincial or federal loan. So you're paying off both loans. Uh, and one, the interest started right away, and you, but you could defer it. But I didn't know to defer the tax, right? So I'm paying tax on something I didn't know I was supposed to phone and get it deferred. So it's learning, learning as you go. So there's, there's one little tip. Make sure you get the tax deferred before you graduate so you don't have to pay for it right away. Um, so, But now they're giving out grants. So grants, you don't pay back. Loans, you do. And uh, that's changed a little bit, and we'll get into it in, uh, in a few minutes um, so that we can look at exactly what we offer. So there's lots of programs out there, a lot of sources for financial assistance. There's the educational institutions themselves. If you're coming out of high school, a lot of scholarships and bursaries that students can get moving forward after graduation. You can also look at the university or college you're going to to see if they offer bursaries. Uh, there's the government, and we're going to talk about some of the programs the government has out there that you can utilize. There's private companies, so we'll talk about some of those options, as well as, believe it or not, charities and the organizations. So there's a lot of ways we're going to look at today to get you some money to get you the education that you want. Uh, so, the lack of financial support is the number one reason that students drop out of school because they can't afford it. Only four out of every ten students who enter a higher education institution will not graduate in four years. And to make matters worse, approximately 75% of the students who do end up dropping out will never receive a degree. They'll never go back. So they'll never get that degree that they want so badly that they had to drop out to begin with because they didn't have the finance port to be able to finish the degree. Nearly half of today's university students do not receive any help to pay for school from parents or other relatives. Other than the first time out of the gate after university, I did it all myself. So I had to make sure that I was dedicated, that I was doing it the right way, and I'll tell you, I utilized every grant and offering of money that I could get my hands on because I knew I'd have to pay it back, right? So it's there. One of three students who receive no financial help from family support report the cost of textbooks and other fees besides tuition as having significant effect on them financially. So the text, the meal plans, any extra fees, not just tuition. I mean, that's the big lump. You can't go to school and not have what they're requiring you to have, whether it's textbooks or uniforms or if you're going to specialty programs such as you want to become a physician, you, you, there's other things you have to purchase and you have to have them to succeed. So having grants or bursaries or scholarships or anybody give us some kind of form of grant that we don't have to pay back will help. And of course, more than half of the students who drop out report needing to work is a major reason why they had to quit school. So we want this to be you. We don't want this to be us. So we're going to go into our first break of the show. And when we come back, we're going to start talking some facilities out there and some institutions out there where we're going to be able to utilize them so that we can get some grants and money given to us so that we can go back to school. Listening to Financially Speaking with Karen Cook on the Inspire Choices Network. We will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. 
Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Financially Speaking. I am your guest host, Karen Cook, and today we are securing your financial future through education. So before we went to the break, we were talking about reasons why people don't actually complete their degrees or diplomas. So financial aid is available, and there's a variety of sources out there. So let's talk about those. Get you some help. So financial aid can come from federal, state or provincial, uh, school, private sources uh, to help pay for your college, university, or your career school. So OSAP, the Ontario Student Assistance Program. So this is Ontario, Canada. So each province and territory will have their own. And in the United States, you will have standing. So these, this program, you can get grants and loans. Uh, mention the information on the site, the OSAP site, for my Ontario listeners. And they calculate immediately based on your information. So it's gotten really good in the last few years because they're giving a lot of incentives out for you to go back to school. So they've implemented the grant portion. So if you punch in your information, so I think they asked you, the last time I did it, it asked me how much money I made per year. You punch that in and it tells you how much you'll get in a grant you don't pay back and how much for the loan. Mine was um, at the time I actually had gone back to school. This maybe five, six years ago now. And I went back to school. I was doing a different job and was elections, and I thought this is really cool. And I was doing landlord tenant tribunals, and I thought I should go to school, become a paralegal, <laughs> as you do, right? Why not? Man, I'll just change careers. But uh, so I did. I went back to college, and but I had to work. There's no way, even with the, at the time when it was no grants, but I was disabled because I'd hurt myself at work. And going through WSAB because that was years before. And oh my God, that's a whole other ah sorry, too much to deal with. So I ended up going back to work. And when I decided to go back to school, of course I didn't have that behind me. But because I was considered disabled in the province area, I got a portion of that money granted. So a third of it have to pay back. So if you are a disabled person and you don't have WSIB because you just couldn't deal with that anymore. Um, you can certainly get grants on your OSAP more than anybody else because they grant you more because of your disability. So they're an option. If you're not, that's okay because they're now giving the grants and the loans. So if you're enough, at the time I wasn't even making too much money, mine was almost half. I actually would have ended up paying half the education in a loan and half through a grant. So I was paying half of what it would have cost to go to school. So OSAP's great, and they're they're readily available. Most people can get it, and you can get both grants and loans. There's education loans. So if you need more money, again, it's a loan, so you're paying it back. Students can do it. Parents can do it to help pay additional expenses. The money will be repaid with interest. Uh, and these educational loans have options that include federal student loans, federal parent loans, private loans, and consolidation loans. And you could have a look at that on the internet or call up to find out about that. Uh, the federal student loan programs, uh, the, they loan money directly to students. So the student is responsible for paying back the loan. Uh, they have a low interest rate. 
and they don't require a credit check or a lateral. So if you have a little bit of a gray area with finances in the past there, it won't reflect you getting this loan. There's direct subsidized loans. So they're most sought after because they have few requirements other than enrollment and demonstration of financial needs. So I'm in school, I need money. That's all you have to tell them. However, the amount you may borrow is determined by your school and it cannot exceed your financial need. So sometimes OSAP might give you a little bit more that you need per semester. Direct subsidized loans, it'll give you exactly what you need, but that's okay because we can get the money elsewhere. Talk about that. So with the direct subsidized loans, you're not required to begin repaying the loans as long as you're in half time. So you don't even have to be in school full time. You could be in half in school 50% of the time. You do not have to come off. And when you're done school, you get a six-month grace period. So now you get to work and you can start saving money. Because remember, you're starting out, right, all over again. And probably coming out of school, not just in debt, but no savings. Because if you have the savings, you're going to use it to go to school. And you're starting over, whatever career you're in. So there's that's the direct subsidized loans. Direct unsubsidized loans. So they're available to all undergraduate and graduate students with no requirement to demonstrate financial need. So again, the school determines how much you are allowed to borrow based on the cost of attendance. And they adjust for other financial aid you're receiving. So whatever you're receiving on top of this unsubsidized loan, you can get it. But you are responsible for paying the interest on the loans during school. Now, if you choose not to pay the interest while you're enrolled, it occurs. It's added to the principal amount of your loan. So unlike the subsidized loans, no interest, period six months, the unsubsidized, you're paying from day one. Okay. There's parents. They're a federally funded loan option if the student is dependent on their parent. So parents allow the parents to take out student loans the repayment of which will be their responsibility. That can be used to pay any educational expenses on behalf of the student. There's private loans. So there are actual institutions that will offer you a private loan. And these loans typically do have a higher interest rate, but they have fewer repayment options. So, And they cannot be discharged bankruptcy, and they're not supervised by any agency. Consolidation loans, you can cut two or more student and or parent loans into one. And again, these are loans, right? So they're being repaid back. So you'll want to look at is interest rate? What is the interest rate? Is there a grace period? Do I have to pay in? Can I defer the tax? Or how does that work? Because again, that can be costly, right? So you want to look into that. So consolidation loans are available for most federal loan types and some private lenders offer private consolidation loans for private educational loans. So when you're looking at the loan, you really want to write it all down. Make sure you understand which is best for you. How about a work study? There's federal work study programs and that's a form of financial aid. So work study jobs allow us to get campus jobs whenever it's possible and hopefully within the field of interest. Any student that's going to school may be able to get a work-study program job on the campus in the field of, and it'll be flexible because you're going to be working outside the hours that you're in, and that job could be on or off campus, right? Depends on if they're somehow working with the college or university, and they are designed to accommodate student schedules. So if you're to be in school, they're not going to make you work, okay? They work with the school. There's scholarships. Scholarships start all the way from high school, right? So they can come, but they can come from state or provinces. They come from the educational institutions, and private agencies can offer scholarships. Work incentive. So if you work at a place that you want to work your way up and something else in that facility, they might offer you a scholarship or a bursary to go to school. For instance, when I worked as an RPN at the hospital, the hospital I worked at offered bursaries. And they offered, now if I remember correctly, this is a while back, so they're probably more now, but they offered $500 every semester if you applied, and I usually got it, and a lot of people didn't. They find out about it, right? Then it's competition. So don't tell anybody, but you go get it. So I get the $500. It might not be a lot, but that adds up, and that was one to utilize. I belong to the... Registered Practical Nursing Association of Ontario, known as the RPNAO. If you're an RN, there's an RNAO. 
And if you're in another province, it's RN of whatever province you're in. So uh, I applied bursary uh, through there and got one as well. I think that was 1500 So there's 2000 for one semester. It's a grant, by the way, bursary. I didn't have to pay it back. So look at your workplaces. Look at your private agencies because they are there. You just have to find them. Nobody's really going to advertise them, but, man, they're there, and a lot of people don't utilize them, so they sit and go wasted. So you can get scholarships based on financial need, your student characteristics. So there's gender, race, religion, family, history, and anything like that. And they give out bursaries based on a lot of that as well, right? Disability. I was able to get a disability one. So uh, people that are disabled, no matter what it is, there are bursaries. They're different categories, right? So uh, you can add, and these are not paid back. Like they're yours, right? You don't have to pay them back. Many colleges and universities have scholarships and bursaries, and people don't utilize them, so they're there. That is money that goes nowhere. And when I was in school and utilized them, I was told in many different schools, nobody ever uses them. Of course, they start telling people, and then they're using them. So you get it first, you tell people, right? So um, there's a lot of ways you can get money from the schools that you're going to, whether it's work programs, volunteering for things. We used to volunteer Oh, some of the students, they had the, uh, what do you call it, uh, the where you test something or they try something on you. I forget what they're called now. We get paid 50 bucks to go for an hour. Well, what else are you going to do? So we'd go and we'd try, look at some video or talk about something or whatever they were doing. We'd get 50 bucks for an hour. Where do you get 50 bucks an hour? That's pretty good money, right? So you would get that because you're here to help them out. So do that too. That adds up. Those $50 a couple times a week adds up. So there's a lot of money out there, bursaries, scholarships, work programs, uh, placebos, placebo things, or, or joining studies, things like that. Um, and there's financial aid offices as well at the colleges and universities. You could talk to an advisor there, and they can help direct you to funding options. And usually you can also find this information on school websites and in the app calendars because it's not just a matter of getting the bursaries and scholarships where you're going to school, they cross over in all different areas and they know where to get the money from. And of course, there's search engines out there. So uh, just to give you a few before we go to this break, there's Peterson's unit. Now, this is either Canadian or American. I've kind of thrown them all in. So if you think, ah, that's Canadian, that's okay. But just don't look at that one. Peterson's, Unigo, FastWeb, CapEx, Chegg, the College Board, Niche, uh, Scholarships.com, CollegeNet.com, ScholarshipMonkey, Scholarships.gc.ca, Yconic, uh, let's see, and there's uh, Ships Canada as well, so that one's for Canada. But there are a ton of places, and that's just a few, that you can go to to see what's out there for scholarships. Uh, for any area that you're going into. So apply for those bursaries. Once you know you're going to school, it's free money. You don't pay it back. And like I said, most of them go unused. So on that note, let's take our next break of the show. When we come back, we're going to talk about some more ways to make some more money that you can keep without having to repay when you're going back to school. You are listening to Finance Speaking with Karen Cook on the Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. 
Canada, 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Financially Speaking. I am your guest host, Karen Cook, and today we are discussing securing our financial future through education. So uh, before we went to break, we were talking about the search engines out there so you can find scholarships. So we talked about working while you're at school. So internships, co-op education, apprenticeships, they're great options, and you can do this on the campus. Some are paid, some are not. It doesn't matter whether they're paid or not. Granted, you want the money, I get it. But even unpaid, that goes good on your resume because now you're coming out of college university with work experience. So don't look at anything as a waste of time. So if you find that you've got an apprenticeship but you're not getting paid, you are gaining valuable experience and knowledge. And when you go for that job interview at a school and they say, well, you know, you don't have experience, you do. Right? So, yes, we want to know if they're paid and if you can get them paid even better. Uh, there's community organizations. I talked about foundation, private companies. In Canada, there's the Canadian Merit Awards. Those are scholarships granted to students on the basis of character, service, and leadership potential. There's Scholarships Canada and Student Awards. This, these are resources that are going to help you find scholarships and awards according to university or on your own personal profile. So you register for these sites, uh, and it's a free service. There's the TD Canada Trust Scholarship. That's awarded to Canadian students based on leadership in the community. There's the RBC Royal Bank Scholarship. Those are various scholarship programs awarded to Canadian citizens or permanent residents, including a program specific to medical and dental students. So if you're getting in the medical or dental field, you want to check the RBC, Royal Canada. So you would go onto their site, you would apply. I haven't gone myself, but having gone through looking for scholarships, not these specifically, but I've applied and you basically are writing not a letter, but you're you're writing a little uh, blurb about yourself, why you'd be awarded, and there's parameters they're looking for. And if you're successful, you get the money. And these are awards. You don't pay it back, okay? As far as the government goes, Canada Student Loans and Grants. So the federal government provides student financial assistance in the loans and grants. So you can look at that. We talked about OSAP, and if you're on the Ontario Student Assistance Program site, it also includes all information on the loans and a list of L institutions. It has the online application. It calculates how much of each you're going to get. There's the Canadian Center for Occupational Health and Safety, the Dick Martin Scholarship, which recognizes a student in the Occupational Health and Safety-related course or program ended once a year. So that might be something you can look into if that sounds, hey, that's what I do. Um, grants we talked about. Don't forget, grants are money you don't have to pay back, so go for it. Ask the college or university for, for, for more money. Yep, more. Haggle over your financial aid. They run it through. It's just, it's just like a cater. One plus one is two. I need three. So I go in and I fight for three. Seeing me person, me now being a person, a live human being in front of you, not a number, a paper, is very different. And if you're going in to talk with somebody, uh, it's it's very different than just rejecting something on paper. So you go in, you might be writing a formal letter of appeal, follow up with a phone call, re-emphasize why you're for the school, why you need the money, what it's going to be for, how you can do a better job, and explain all that in your letter. Okay, you never know. I've seen a lot of people go through financial aid offices, even people I knew, friends at school, who went in and did this and got more money. Okay. Uh, private scholarships, if you have a child in school, have them talk to the guidance counselor. Right there, and, and again, there's online services like S-C-H-O-L-L-Y, and they'll suggest scholarships that you might be eligible for. It doesn't have to be a, 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 a high school student either. 
but you have a child in high school, have them talk to the guidance counselor. Maybe they can also help them. Uh, loans we talked about, yes, your last resort would be a loan because you know you're going to pay it back with this. How about claiming a tax credit? In America, the American Opportunity Tax Credit allows you to reduce your taxes after paying for tuition, fees, books, room, board, up to 2500 a year per child. Listen, if you've got triplets going to school, you might want to get some of that back. Oh, that's 7500 bucks a year. They're going to be in three, four years. That's a beautiful vacation at the end of that. So, yes, claim that back on your income tax, your tax credit. The Americunity Tax Credit is, is what it's called. Live off campus or enroll in a community college. Maybe you can't go to university. Maybe you can't live on campus. It is a lot of money to live on campus and pay the meal it's the convenience. It's all paid for. I get it. But with the tuition as, as big as it, and it could be $40,000 versus 10 at a college, right? So you want to look at living off campus. It might be cheaper, buying your own groceries. And again, we've gone through price matching cons, right? Haggling for that, using our apps, our rebies, and our, our cash to get money back. So that was in a previous show. Listen to that. If you're going to school, get those apps. So you can get money back every month. Okay? Um, so living off campus can be cheaper. If you aren't sure what you want to do, try college. Cheaper. You can get a diploma a lot faster. And you can be skilled trade as well. Uh, and if your finances really are stretched, four years might be a little much. You don't have to quit or fail because you're mentally exhausted or out of money. So you you have to you want to really look at where you are in life, in your care, in your family, and maybe there's a way to get around it and work your way through. It's my way from the PSW to the RPN, then the BSCN changed my mind because at that point I I just couldn't go full time again. I don't know if I wanted to, but I mean I spent most of my thirties out of school, loved it, and worked. So of course I'm backwards, but that's how I do it. Um so the federal government also offers numbers of financial aid programs for lots of different people serving in the military. So if you were in the military, you are married to somebody or you have a child of somebody who is in the military, you might get some financial aid. Tax benefits for education. An education award for the community service with AmeriCorps. This is in the United States. AmeriCorps. You can get education or community service. Educational and training vouchers for current and former foster care youth, again, state. And, of course, the Department of Health and Human Services, Native Health Services, National Institutes of Health, and the National Health Services Corp. can also offer scholarships. The U.S. Department of Education awards more than $120 billion a year in grants, work-study funds, and low-interest loans to more than 13 million students. So it's out there for you. And in Canada, we've got our we've got stuff too. I've talked a lot about it. Um, so there's stuff out there, no matter where you are. Okay. So there's three types of federal student aid. There's the grants, the work study, and the and in that order, you probably want it. Okay. Even if you're not eligible for federal, aid, you might be eligible for financial aid. So if you're from uh, Canada or the United States, look at you can go on the OSAP site in Canada or whatever your province is, and it'll calculate it. In the States, you'll be able to contact your state agency, the state grant agency, and get information to determine whether you will qualify for federal aid and or financial aid. Uh, so many schools do offer financial aid from their own funds. So we want to find out what's available to us. So as soon as you get in, Go to the late office. Find out about the scholarships, the bursaries. Before that, go on their website. Phone. Ask somebody in the financial aid office. What have you got? How can I get it? Do I utilize it? When do I sign up? When does it come? Do I pay it back? Is it free money? Okay. Um, Nofit and private organizations, some offer scholarships. So look and see what you can get there. So there's a lot of help out there for us. And we want to utilize all of that because going to school, it's a change of, if you're going out of college, the natural transition, it's costly. I don't know how many of us are prepared for that at 
the 17 years of age, you don't have that kind of money. You're definitely going to get some kind of loan and or grant or your parent for it if we've started that ahead of time. So those RESPs I mentioned right at the beginning, the Registered Education Savings Plan. If you're in Ontario, uh, you should contact your regular host, Kathy Cook-Noble. She can absolutely help you on that at Bookkeep Plus, and uh, that's what she does. So she can help set you up with that or guide you to where you need to go to get that. Find somebody in your state or your province that can help you set up your RES, somebody you trust that can show you and guide you how to do that. And how much money am I going to need to, so that my child's prepared in so many years and at 17 now or 18 going to university so that they don't have that burden coming out of school being $100,000 in debt, right? A little a month goes a long way over 17 years. So if you're listening to me today and you're pregnant, start the RESP because by the time your child's ready to go to school and we want them to, you're going to have the money. Because don't forget, the interest is on there and you other things with those RESPs. So talk to your financial advisor and find out what he or she uh, can tell you for information to guide you in the right way. Um, and of course, getting the grants is the most important thing. So OSAP seems to be the big one in Ontario or wherever province you're in or state. And you want to look at extra. You're going to get what you maybe need, maybe a little bit more, but those bursaries, those scholarships, if you work in a field, if you're a nurse, you have the, in Ontario, you have the RPNAO, the RNA, College of Nurses. You've got the facilities you work at. And a lot of places will help you get that money because you're going to better them as well. You'll be moving up from a PSW to an RPN, to, from an RPN to an RN, from an RN to, to, to running the place as the director of nursing or director of care. They're going to help you because you being better betters them and it'll show that you're in your way up so they're going to help pay you to go to school to get where you need to be is really self-serving for them as well so don't forget to utilize your workplaces and of course your banks which about those so on that note let's go to our last break of the show and when we come back we'll talk a little bit more about the grants which is the free money we don't have to pay back you are listening to Financially speaking, on the Inspired Choices Network, and we will be right. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Financially Speaking. I am your guest host, Karen Cook, and today we are securing your financial future through education. So you're sitting there thinking, I can't do this. I've been there. I know exactly what you're thinking, and I am telling you that you can. You can absolutely do it one way or the other. It might not be exactly the way you want to do it. You might have to go roundabout. Now, for instance, let's say you want your Bachelor of Science in Nursing, because today it's not an RN. Right, what was that, a year back in the day that I do now it's four. So let's say you want that and you can't afford to go to school. Now, if you have no education behind you, that's fine. But you know what? This is what I found out when I was ready to go back because I couldn't go fine. 
And I thought, I'm going to go talk to them, see what I can do. Now, I was a little different because I had the regist- I was a registered practical nurse at the time. So I had, I don't know, a decade of work experience. Like I said, I started out as a personal support worker, took the RP school nursing, became a registered practical nurse, went back to school, got a Bachelor of Arts, double major psychology and sociology. So when I wanted to continue on, because I thought I'll be a director of care somewhere or I'll head up. Oh, and then I thought I'd love to teach the nursing pro because I was going getting into teaching. So the Master of Education come up. However, when I talked to the university, uh, I spoke with one of the ladies in the Department of Nursing. And because of what I had, I was able to start in the second year. So now it's a, I still get the four years, but I only have to go for three. I had my Bachelor of Arts. And because of all those courses, I had all the electives. And at the time, I said her, are there any courses that I could directly take online before I started the program to minimize when I have to be there? And there were seven. Seven courses I could have taken through distance learning, and then I would only have to go to school three days a week. You see, there's a way around it. If you don't have the education, you might have to go a little bit of a different way. You can still take courses online. You can take electives. You can take the directing courses. You can take whatever they offer through distance ed or night classes that you don't have to go full-time. That might be a year. You could defer it a year. Then you might only have to go four days a week. Then you can work. I know you're thinking, I can't do seven days a week. You can. Okay. So it, it's, it's how bad, do you, how can you work it out? Right. So different grants that are out there, uh, subject-specific grants. So depending on the type of career going to, whether it's healthcare, math, science, education, because they're high-need fields, you can get specific federal, state, provincial grants uh, that are subject to those specifics. Okay, Teachers. There is a huge demand for teachers, especially in underserved communities, or if you're in Canada, up north. Right. So when I was looking into that, uh, they were offering a chance depending how, where they needed you and what you were interested in. So there are grants for educators available out there. So professional teaching associations, private endowments, and uh, provincial or state governments. There's grant for service programs. So these are for specific career paths. So they're award for service programs. So there's two functions. They give you the financial aid that you need. Uh, to these that are talented in these fields, these high-need fields that they're pursuing careers in. And they help secure and retain the professionals in these communities that, again, are experiencing critical manpower shortages in these fields. There's degree-level specific grants. So there's grants for grads and undergraduates. Look at those. When I was doing my online distance ed, I'm in Ontario. I was it through Athabasca University over in um, Manitoba, Alberta, sorry, Alberta, I think. So there were scholarships for grad and grad, right? And again, you apply for them. So they end up letting you know what they're looking for. And if you qualify, you get it right then and there and you can get them every semester. So don't just apply. So if you go to school in September to December, January to April, and you do the summer. I did the summer. I got a grant in September, a grant in January, a grant in August, because I took a summer course, a grant in September, a grant in January, a grant in August. And I actually was able to graduate a year earlier because I did my three-year degree in two years because I doubled up my courses and went through the summer and took the distance ed as well and a night course. So if you think, gosh, you know what, I can't be away from my life for three years and not do anything, double it up, right? Yeah, it's a little bit of work. I know that they say the older you get, the harder it is to learn. Well, I disagree with that. I'm getting older and I'm getting smarter. And I retain information better today and learn better today than I did when I was, believe me. Actually, 20s being generous. 19 was kind of the, ah, if I could just have the brain that I have today back then. Uh, and of course, there's minority specific grants. So there's grants for minorities, women, uh, um, any kind of African-American, African-Canadian, Hispanic, 
uh, Native American or Canadian, whether you're in the States or, or Canada, Asian American or Canadian, uh, and of course, grants for disabled people. So no matter where you are in Canada or the United States, because I know my listeners are from all over North America, check your state, check your province, check the federal government, the provincial government here in Canada, check where you work, check your banks, check your local schools. If you have a child that's graduating who's going to school, go in and talk to the kids. Kids don't get it as much as we do. So you can go in with your child and talk the the child to the guidance counselor because you're going to be the one doing all the work anyway. Go on, try those search engines. Go back to the show I did on saving using your apps, right? Make sure that you have that so you can price match, coupon, get money back for shopping because I'll tell you, 50 cents, saving that on eggs and getting that back and doubling down and price matching, it all adds up where you can save 90% on trees. Listen, I save 50%, I'm happy. So there is help out there. You can talk to a lot of experts out there. You can call up in Ontario, we've got our OSAP or whatever problem, any state or federal grants or loans that are out there are individualistic. Talk to your government, find out what's out there, do your searches on your search engine and don't be afraid to apply for as many as you can find because there are tons and tons and tons of bursaries and scholars. So don't be afraid to apply. Even if you think you don't qualify, apply anyway because if they don't have money to give it to, they're going to go with the person who's the most qualified and that could be you. Just apply, 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 apply. You might be surprised at how much money you get. And to top it all off while I was going not making money, I actually started bringing in items like I'd buy, quit smoking. So I'd sell my cigarettes or food items. And I'll tell you, anybody will buy anything on the weekend. So by the time I graduated, I had money to pay off my student loan. So on that note, I'll talk to you next week when we're going to talk about the flu season. Thank you for choosing to listen to to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll...